My name is Monica Gleberman, and you're listening to Silence on Set Podcast. On today's podcast, we're talking to the cast of History of the World Part 2. After waiting over 40 years, there's finally a sequel to the seminal Mel Brooks film, History of the World Part 1, with each episode featuring a variety of sketches that takes us through different periods of human history. So to start us off, here's showrunner, executive producer, and writer David Stassen. First of all, I love you as a writer. I loved you on the Mindy Project. I love you. Tons of work that you've done. What was it like stepping on and working? Working with Mel Brooks. Well, what was it like just when you said his name? I got chills. I've gotten, I get goosebumps all the time when I think about it. It was surreal. He was one of my first babysitters. You know, when my parents would have a dinner party or go out, it was a bunch of VHS tapes, you know, Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, and History of the World were like, you know, what my brother and I would watch on the loop downstairs. And so it's unbelievable that that 40 years, you know, after it came out and, you know, almost close to that after I saw the movie as a kid, and it probably taught me to much about history I still think is true that I got to work with him on the sequel just surreal and career highlight and like a personal highlight for my parents who just you know obviously grew up with him so um you know just you know honestly proud proud to have gotten to work with him I can't even imagine what that must have been like and I I love that you're in it by the way which is super cool so I love that (laughs) of course I told you I I could spot you I watch you so that was really cool I wanted to ask you there must have been a lot of shenanigans I know that you've worked with Ike before I know you've worked with a lot of people that are on the show before but in particular with Ike I know with the Mindy Project you guys work very closely together why do you torture yourself with all the shenanigans and work together over and over again but how do you like guys you know get through all of that you know make an episode well yeah i mean well ike and i are stuck together we've known each other since third grade we share a brain we only have one sense of humor between the two of us so i'm stuck with him if i want to you know have money to eat and live how do we get past i mean hopefully like if we're making each other laugh and being just being normal and, and doing the thing we've done for you know for almost 40 years as friends like then it's going to be something we think is funny uh, i would say and then you know if your question is about working with all the other funny people like you hope you give them good material and then you get out of the way and people like you know Seth Rogen and Kumail and Josh Gad and everybody else Sarah Silverman like they just elevate it that's why they are who they are what was one of the funnest lines that you got to write for the show I wrote the first draft of Statue Removal and I think a line that I thought was funny but I wasn't sure and Nick really sparked to it was when Nick's character in Statue Mover says me and my adult children will come to your place and remove the statue and that just stayed in the whole you know the sketch was rewritten a million times and changed but me and my adult children for some reason that just felt like something that character would say so um that line was so funny I laugh and like I was laughing every time you said it it's hilarious so that's a great line to have there weird way to speak it's like he's angry that his kids I think still have to like suck off his teeth or something <laughs> and like what was it like to you like i love the history that's told because there is a bit of i feel like truth that maybe we don't get taught necessarily but done in an over-exaggerated super satirical funny way so what is that like in terms of like putting it all together like through your brain because like i feel like you're such a genius so i don't know how you like work that out where they're like we're gonna go over the renaissance and you're like okay cool and this is what comes out so like how do you do that i think you know it it helps being with you know uh, in a writer's room with like eight to 
10 really funny people. And it's just going over and over and over and be like, well, what, you know, what's funny about the Renaissance? You know, how do we show in a funny way, the way they whitewashed the Bible and brought it all together and made, you know, and changed Jesus and changed who the bad guys were. It was like, oh, well, you make it like a, like a photo, the, it's a, called the Council of Nicaea. Let's just make it a focus group. You know, you just keep make make the comedy, you know, it's a lame saying, writing is rewriting. So it's just constantly going through it and going over and over and over it. And then if you get, you know, hopefully a diverse room of writers together, somebody's brain, if we're all thinking in one direction, somebody's brain will click in and say, say something else. Like I think, you know, the Kama Sutra book pitch idea was there. And then somebody else was like, what if it was Kama Sutra? And then like, so it became a hybrid. So that just a Kama Sutra book pitch maybe doesn't make it into production. Maybe it's just like a funny idea that's only like a page worth of jokes. But if you get the Sutra, well, then you've added a layer that makes it, you know, interesting enough to produce. And did you get any notes at all back where they were like, oh, you went too far? No, we never got it too far. We never got oh, it too good. far. Okay. No, no, no. And we got, you know, they helped us shape the tentpole, Civil War and, and Russia and help us, you know, make those narratives feel like they were going to connect and pay off. But no, we, ne- we never, maybe we should have gotten it too far. Maybe we didn't go far enough. If we didn't get it too far enough. I was going to say, maybe we got to push it even further, which I don't know how it's possible because it's so funny. But yeah, that'd be great. So I'm going to ask you just my last kind of question as a dual question. I want to know first, obviously it's been 40 years. You got to work with Mel Brooks, every freaking hilarious already known man and comedian. So I just want to know like your overall take walking away from this. And then also just a fun question. I know that Ike and you are kind of foodies. Oh, so yeah. I want to know if you have a new place to recommend for people to eat. Okay. So first part, my overall take, boy, I mean, it's surreal. Like tonight's the premiere. And I'm so excited to see everybody. It's so lame. You know, it's lame. But it, when you do a show, like it becomes a family because you're, you're with each other so much. And the rap party, a year ago was just the best because it was such a celebration of the work we did. Tonight will be another celebration, you know, because there's after the rap party, there's months and months of post and building the show and putting the puzzle pieces together of where the thing is going to go and fine tuning it. I think I'm just, you know, you know, frankly proud that I got to work on on a Mel Brooks project. I'll always have that. And then food, the most important, finally, a good question today. Um, <laughs> have you been to Safi's? I've been to Safi's. I like Safi's. Oh, Safi's is so good. And you know what's crazy? Chicago person too. Like I love a lot of Chicago. Okay. Well, you know, but... there's Gino's East and Sherman Oaks if you need a fix. Ooh, okay. Yeah. No. Um, well, I just went for Ike's birthday actually last weekend. Went to Angler in the Beverly Center. It's on the first floor. It's like, it's fancy and upscale, but like every dish is like, it's kind of like if like Son of a Gun was like a little more Asian and on steroids and like new age because it's like it's small plates and a lot of seafood but really like different flavors than you've ever had it was like an explosion yes an explosion all right so i'll have to try that out horses is good you know horses I, yeah i look to your instagrams all the time and i'm always seeing ike posting food so i'm always like okay i gotta go there and like the sandwiches that you guys post and the things they're oh, good have you had jeff's table yet no i haven't oh go get a jeff's table sandwich i've heard about this which one should i get the, the jubano okay yeah, yeah. all right i'll test that out next up is star writer and executive producer nick crawl and star writer and executive producer Ike Barenhouse. I wanted to start off with first of all Ike last time I interviewed you I totally hit on you and you gave me the nicest hug and love and appreciation so 
I gotta just bring it up again every time we see each other. You get my wife found out about it. She left me, but (laughs) I've since remarried, and it's been been a few weeks. But so far, things are looking great. And Nick, I've tried to hit on you. It's it's just hard. It's just hard. You're just too good looking. I put up boundaries. I'm also married. I recently married Kanye West, and so (laughs) so I wanted to ask you guys. This show is so funny. Obviously, it's been 40 years. I imagine as comedians, this is like a dream, right? To work with Mel Brooks, to bring this like show back and to play everything and anything under the sun, which is almost like improv. So I wanted to know for you guys, how much fun that like did you guys have doing it? And some like behind the scenes shenanigans, because this show is so funny. I don't know how you guys got through a single scene. I mean, it was definitely a dream job. I grew up living and breathing Mel Brooks material. So when Nick called me and brought me on, I was just, I could not have said yes fast enough. And to answer the second part of your question, the thing that the day I laughed the most while shooting Nick, I don't know about you, was the day of the Beatles in studio stuff. Nick and I were obsessed with the Get Back documentary and his take on Judas was so funny and that day just we shot so much material that day that we for a minute were like should an entire episode just be the Beatles stuff but that was the day that I was just non-stop laughing all day yeah we it was that cast on that day and the story of Jesus is one of the better casts of in, in the show but between it was Ike and me and Sassy Beats and Jay Ellis and J.B. Smoove and Richard Kind and then other days of the Jesus stuff we had Quinta Brunson come in playing with J.B. Smoove it was just an insane insanely funny group of people and the, nobody knows this yet but Peter Jackson directed all of that Beatles material uh, he directed the the Beatles documentary and then he very kindly said you know what I'm done with everything I do I'm leaving New Zealand I'm leaving all of the Lord of the Rings all that stuff behind I'm interested in doing this parody of the documentary I made we frankly we told him no it felt like <laughs> getting him involved it felt like a conflict of interest it would have been four hours long so honestly if left to our own device for us it would have been as well but no it, it was those days were very fun and and um there's also this weird stuff that ike and i did with wanda the steven santelmo statue removal right oh, yeah. brothers and it's probably the weirdest non-history thing we did in the show but it, again every day was a murderer's row of of a who's who in comedy so whether you were in the sketch that day or you were just there you know, as we were there as writer producers it just every day you had iconic folks coming in so funny and so talented you're both in it you both wrote parts of it and executive produced it. So do you have to look at it differently? Do you have to step away from the comedy a little bit when you're putting on different hats or is it just full comedy 24-7 with all these amazing people that are coming in and out for the season? Well, I'd say that that was the beauty of the team that we assembled was between me and Ike and Wanda and Dave Stassen and our, our directing team and producers and writers, we had such a strong group of people in front of and behind the camera that if there was a day where I was you know, acting, I knew that, you know, Ike and Dave and were going to be there uh, behind the camera to pitch ideas and produce and work on the next group of sketches or, you know, or the days that Wanda was there starring in it, you know, she, it was, that was like her, she was the one who was like really making the decisions and running the show. And it just was, we had such a strong group of people uh, working on it that it allowed at other times when you're working on something that you've written and directed, it's hard to sort of pull yourself out. But in this case, it was so easy to focus 
focus in on whatever your task was for the day because you knew that the other people around you were going to be so incredibly smart and funny. It was one of those things where we were able to try to be as funny as possible when we were acting because we knew we had done the work and we knew that we will all make it make sense in the end, you know what I mean? But just to have the freedom to be as goofy and as as crazy as you want and dirty as you want to be when you're acting and knowing that it's going to work on some level is very, very free. It's very nice. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to the cast talk about History of the World Part 2. The show premieres on Hulu on Monday, March 6th with two episodes and then two new episodes will drop daily with the finale airing on Thursday, March 9th. So make sure you go head over to the streamer and check it out. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you're updated on all of our latest podcasts and head over to our YouTube channel, hit subscribe so you're updated on all of our video content.